0: first of all since you're new uh can you tell us a little bit about you
1: yeah um i am a uh a catholic father of three i'm an air force veteran and i'm a uh, recovering now uh, i would say indefinitely suspended but former fbi agent uh of a little bit more than six years and um i worked in counterintelligence i worked uh, a counterterrorism surveillance team for about three years in dc and then um i moved to las cruces new mexico and i was a COVID vaccine refuser on uh, the FBI's watch under uh, the executive order 14043. Just told uh, my uh, supervisors that because of my pro-life stance, I wasn't going to be getting involved in taking one of those shots. And uh, I appreciate them uh, accommodating my religious beliefs, which they uh, ignored and then did nothing about. And uh, because of that, I was a member of several lawsuits, which actually uh, resulted in a injunction in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. But that didn't stop the FBI from deciding to uh, come after me because of either that, or because I started doing federal whistleblower activity in October of 2021, and uh, I was one of the two people that disclosed the FBI's um, looking into parents at school board meetings with the uh, the CRT protests that were going on and the radical gender ideology. Um, there was a, an email that came out from the Assistant Director of Counterterrorism that uh, indicated that we were going to put a threat tag in and start looking at parents through our eGuardian Counterterrorism system. So I disclosed that to Congress, and that started a ball rolling of me not getting a paycheck from the FBI since June of last year.
0: Well, congratulations. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. condolences or congratulations, depending on whose side you're on. I think in this instance, yep. it's, it's a congratulations. That's a, uh, that's a good thing. Um, you know, my next-door neighbor is a retired FBI. And okay. he retired six years ago. And when he got out, he worked at a New Orleans field office. And when he got out, he just he told me he was very candid. He goes, "Mike, it's not the it's not the agency that I signed up for 20, 20 plus years ago. It just isn't." And he goes, okay. "I just felt like I was doing things that I shouldn't be doing." And I just and he said, "I told my supervisor that he said I just want out. I don't want to do this anymore." And he quit. He retired. Yep. Yep.
1: Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, I think the transition that's happened over the last twenty years, and that was. Uh, primarily the transition under Moeller. um but uh, i think a lot of people do not recognize the fbi that they signed on to especially the people that are the pre-9-11 crew and uh and even the early you know post-9-11 types have uh have just looked at what the agency is involved in and they're they're pretty disgusted and they don't want to be part of they don't want to be part of that and, and i don't blame them no i don't and blame, and, and it's it's, tar- it's tarnishing the legacies too of a lot of really good work that's not to say the fbi has not had its sins in every decade and i think it has I think there's a, a lot of evidence of that, uh, but I think overwhelmingly it did things that were what people expected it to do, and it did things the right way, and it did things for the right reasons. And uh, that is more and more apparent that that is not the case right now.
0: Yeah, and my neighbor and I I'm just—I'm not going to give his name out—but my neighbor's like Mike. The only solution, and he's not—he's not, he's not me, me. I mean, he's baptized Catholic, but he doesn't practice anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. He likes to share his theories with me. But he told me—he told me one day—goes. The way to fix this is reset button. I says is that bad. He goes, it's that bad. It's institutional. Yeah. No, no. Reset button.
1: It is. Um, it, at this point, the, the bureau probably needs to be torn down to the to the you know to the stringers down to the studs and uh, and rewalled in and remudded and repainted and all the things. If you're going to do a, an FBI at all, I think that the only way the FBI is able to continue and exist uh, in, in a free America is that it has to be beyond repute when it comes to the way that it chooses cases and the ways that it enforces actions and it is not. And so without either a total reset or a total breakdown and and something new under a new brand, um, I have a a picture from November of two years ago in in 2021. And it's when I took my badge off my belt and I stopped wearing it. And it was right when I told them that I wouldn't do a COVID vaccine or uh, sorry, a COVID uh, 19 test every 72 hours Mm. because I'm not going to do that. That's absurd because I didn't get the shots. And it's like, I already had COVID. I'm not sick. Without symptoms, I'm not going to go and take this test. So, um, And moreover, I'm a paramedic for over a decade. um, And I have a top-secret clearance. So either you trust me to stay home with a box of Kleenex if I have the sniffles or... Or maybe I don't need a top-secret clearance at all, and maybe you should get rid of me. And so they opted for the latter, obviously, and they got rid of me. But I took <laughs> off the badge because I knew I was going to have to give it up at some point anyway. So there's no reason to wear it once they've sort of made those demands on you. And the front of it is shiny. It's a really good metaphor, uh, physical metaphor. It's front is shiny, and it's gold-plated, and it says all the things that it says you know, about the Department of Justice. It's got Lady Justice on there. And when you flip it over, it had my... My badge number on it, which we don't really go by, so I don't remember what it is. But it's all tarnished because it looks like it's probably um, partially copper, mm-hmm. and so there's just blue tarnish on the back of it from where it's been sitting in the leather. And uh, I thought that was exactly what it is. The front face is kind of shiny to the to the American public. Um, the back is starting to rot and corrode in a way that is uh, probably unsustainable. Wow! Without without you can't cover that up. You know you can't stop corrosion that's already pitting and uh, and eating away at the the structural material and that's that's what the fbi is dealing with
0: yeah uh, kyle uh, correct me is it kyle seraphine or seraphine Sarah Finn. Sarah Finn, okay. I want to make sure I get my pronunciations right here on the Crusade Channel, his first visit here. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is one of the guys that wrote about this at the Daily Signal and about the FBI uh, document about the SPLC and me and you, RTCs. And my motto for the day is hashtag RTC harder. So this is what I'm going to be accused of. But full disclosure, so I tell you who I am and you know, because you don't know me from Adam and I don't know you very well that's true
1: and and I'll say this I am not an rtc although I'm happy to be a uh, more traditional catholic and I think I'm moving more and more conservative in the catholic church <laughs> every day um the, the the masses that I have been uh, attracted to have always been much more conservative much more hardline as far as the traditional value and and moreover um I did grow up you know learning latin like like many you know Catholics did sure. uh, for a long time. I, I went to Cistercian schools, which was a very austere order of um, of monks, and, and all of them had faced significant hardship to come out and and practice as uh, Catholic priests. They escaped under either the Nazis. Some of them were old enough to have done that. Um, this is in the early nineties, and then also some of them uh, came out under the Iron Curtain, you know, under threat of dogs and machine gun and running over barbed wire to get to freedom, so that they could come to the United States and freely practice their religion the way they wanted. So, you know, I, I do kind of empathize more and more. You know, I, I haven't always been the best Catholic, and I and I know that for a fact. But what's interesting is that my wife, um, ha, who was a lifelong atheist and raised by a, a man who is a legitimate communist, like that's my, my father-in-law, doesn't really believe in property rights. So, like, I think that's communism. Um, no, no religion whatsoever. Came up in in uh, Brooklyn, New York. She was baptized in the Catholic Church last year in a full immersion, and uh, at you know at the the uh, Easter Vigil Mass. So w- w- our family has actually gotten more traditional in that that vein. And I, I you know I love. Latin Mass because I think it's I think it's the more pure form of 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 the celebration and I think that there were obviously some issues with Vatican II too so I'm I'm not technically speaking the, the kind of people they're talking about in this document and yet I think that I empathize with them more and more and I'm probably closer to that than maybe your neighbor who who got baptized and then <laughs>
0: stopped showing up. <laughs> well, the full disclosure is this of the fi- of the ten groups that were mentioned uh, in Appendix A or Appendix B. I know five. I have a du- direct links with five of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of them I visit with uh, prior every Wednesday. Brother Andre and Marie has a sh- he has a show. You know, the Slaves of the Immaculatory has a show on this radio station called Reconquest. Uh, I've been the keynote or the featured speaker on their Saturday conferences for, since 2016. Um, uh, I am very good friends with Matt Gaspers of Catholic Family News. I've interviewed E. Michael Jones of uh, culture, uh, culture Wars uh, at least a dozen times. So I'm taking the box. I've been at, at Michael Matt's events for the rental. took in the boxes going like, my Lord. If they're actually investigating these guys, well, then they must be listening to me. So the first thing that, that I thought of, and I'm reading the document, and I just interviewed my friend, Michael Hitchborn, from the Lepanto Institute. He okay. investigates bad Catholic fundraising. That's what he okay. does. He's really good at an investigator. And I said, Michael, give me your take. He goes, he goes, ask your friend, Kyle Serafin, ask him, tell him, this is my que- question, I have grave concerns about the sloppiness of what we can see that's not redacted and that they're relying on the SPLC, uh, 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 the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, Ask him if there's a possibility that this is not a legit doc and that this is a false flag to bait us into doing things. That's my first question. What do you think? Zero uh, percent. Okay, zero percent. Well, good. That's the question. Um, yep. and, and, and I didn't. Ma- I, I said, well, I'm going to wait to ask the source. I said, Let me find out and yeah, I'll so ask look, question. Uh, and, and I don't. I don't want to
1: give out the sources inside the bureau, but I have uh, dozens of people that I talk to that I trust implicitly that have, uh, you know. Upwards of of ten years, sometimes upwards of twenty years. So their time in the bureau is measured in decades. Okay. Um, their um, Their ideological purity comes from the place where we all started uh, and why we all got together. I actually uh, organized a group of about three hundred within the FBI who were not going to get the vaccine shots. And uh, part and it was everybody there is a is a Christian. Uh, That's that's a universal amongst those three hundred. Now that represents about one percent of the FBI. So that tells you sort of the. It also represents about ten percent of the people that were unvaccinated. and and they're in every field office, they're in every division. I have visibility to the the director's daily briefing or people that have visibility to it uh, prior to his actually being briefed. So we have sources within the FBI, and nobody's going to disclose anything that's going to jeopardize national security. What we're interested in is bad policy and dangerous things that are going to infringe on the American people's rights. And so because I have access to these people, uh, one. I'm not going to give them up as sources, and right. they can torture Understood. me for it. they're not going to get it because like, I went to seer school and I trained to actually to defend these sort of things when I was in the uh, in the military. Um, but what's what's really important is that they they all came from a place of seeing that the FBI has crossed an ideological boundary, and that they uh, believe that their faith is being targeted. And so whether it's their faith, and this person was not a Catholic. Um, or whether they're, it's a, a radical Lutheran or a radical tra- you know, traditional Baptist or a radical transitional evangelical, <laughs> take your pick. What they've done with that document and the logic, as you, as you said, is very sloppy. It's incredibly sloppy. It's using SPLC, which is not an approved source for intelligence sourcing. They're not allowed to use that to, to base an Intel document on. Um, that goes back at least seven years, but it probably goes back 10, maybe more. And, uh, and I've confirmed that with senior intelligence uh, analysts that are friends of mine that have now retired. It is a no-go. And then using two left-leaning sources uh in the media without a balancing source is also very bad practice if not out of policy as well so the way that they source this is very ideological it's obviously confirming a bias in my opinion of the writer but it was signed off on by the chief division council or at least allowed to be released by the Chief Division Counsel in the Richmond Field Office, which is the top attorney who just dis- who calls balls and strikes, whether you can or can't do something in an investigation, whether you can or cannot release a product. So when you deal with someone that is uh, writing that way, and you can, and I mentioned in my piece, you know, the veil slips when you stop talking about abortion and you talk about abortion rights. Like that's a that is a an activist position. That is not an intelligence position. Right. And uh, and so it, I hope that hopefully that puts to rest what it is. But I have the utmost faith in the person that gave it to me. Um, and he or she has access to things that other people would not necessarily see because of uh, his or her position and, and seniority.
0: Okay, and the two uh, the two media sources are Salon and the Atlantic. Uh, Correct. The, the, the yeah, the uh, Sol-
1: definitely. You know, stalwart uh, conservative pieces that uh, <laughs> <laughs> like to tell people how it is. I mean, they're clickbait, and and that's obviously the case. You know, the idea that there's a connection between the the AR-15 platform, which I actually have sitting behind me, um, several of them, and they're not inexpensive and and rosary beads is silly although I thought about after reading that piece maybe I should wrap some rosaries and put them in my, my b5 stock back there because <laughs> because I, I might as well carry it with me and um, and you know there are people that are doing that at this point and I guess and and that's fine but that's not a radical position um, men and women have always carried um, you know religious amulets and symbols of their faith into battle yep. going back as far as we can remember um, of all faiths um, and so you know this is not an unusual thing, and, and the idea that it represents, uh, you know, the spiritual aspect of a physical war, I think that's important. As someone who has carried uh, an amulet with me, a religious amulet with me, and the two scariest things that I've ever done, one of which um, was jumping out of the back of airplanes, which is terrifying because it's the army and, um, and and an army national guard unit <laughs> flying planes is scary. <laughs> uh, but the second thing was was doing mm-hmm. a, a combat dive operations at, when I was training and jumping into the dark in the ocean uh, at night where it's pitch black and then swimming two miles underwater with all the things that exist in God's, you know, oceans, Um, many of them are, are, you know, horror shows. And so they, they are just terrifying to a regular person. And I am just a regular person who just happened to do some things like that. So I carried that with me in my, in my breast pocket um, to remind me of, it's like, you know, I, I, I do have things that, um, you know, God will protect us when we're doing the thing and what we're doing is a, a righteous training in order to be prepared to defend this country and so on. So, you know, this is not outside the bounds. But okay. uh having <laughs> having those sources <laughs> okay. is it's it is not normal. And I can tell you this is someone who read intelligence products, who worked in the intelligence sphere. You know, I'm by no means a long term season expert, but I have thousands and thousands of hours working in that sphere. So it, it
0: is very unusual. I hope it was a miraculous medal that you carried with you. <laughs> or a St. Benedict medal, and you get a, a good protection there. Uh, mm. let, let, let's, let me move to uh, another field of, of, of inquiry that our listeners want to know uh, with Kyle Serafin. Former FBI, whistleblower, Second Amendment enthusiast, and civil liberties enthusiast. Let me. This is what they want to know, Kyle. And I'm sure you've Thank been on several shows. I don't know if you've been asked this question. So let me. Let me. I'll ask it again. I am an RTC. Yes. But when I read the footnote, I went, "Okay, someone with very dense, very deep, but misguided Catholic knowledge ret, ret, wrote footnote B." Footnote B was written by someone with knowledge of the Catholic Church that the lay guy on the street does not have. Now, he could have been ripping and cutting and pasting from Wikipedia, for all I know, or he could have m- maybe consulted with a priest or maybe warned the members of the USCCB. Heaven forfend, it came from the Vatican. But there were things that are contained in that footnote that sound like they came out of his Custodes to me, which is the prohibition to try to bring, bring the Latin Mass to an end. So, what our mm-hmm. listeners want to know is when the first page, when they reference, it sounds to me like there's been infiltrations. Like there, there's does. already been there's already been monitoring there's already been there, that there are already CIs confidential informants and what have you. What should my listener who is a is a very faithful Latin Mass goer and uh, it, it goes every Sunday goes to all the high feast days and and, and, and and what should they be concerned about? Should they be concerned? Is there something of concern out of that document there that they need to know about?
1: Well, I, I think that you've tapped into something that a, a number of us are, are at least tracking as a possibility. Um, I don't have any more information than what you've read in that document, and that is to, to protect the source. It was redacted before it got to me okay. based on uh, the source's um, excellent knowledge of, of bureau practices in order to not to cross any lines that would cause us uh, issue or be exposing any ongoing investigations or, or uh, uh, liaison or CHS contacts. So we don't want to do that. Um, I don't, I don't want to break policy for anybody else. I'm not asking anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do, although I, I might have disclosed the whole document just because uh, that's kind of the way I feel about this right now. I believe in a thing that I'm calling radical transparency, which is to say that the FBI belongs to us and that it should, uh, it should be transparent to us and recruiting sources within the church should be an absolute no-go. Uh, that being said, the publisher of the of my article uh, at Uncovered DC is a woman named Tracy Bean. She's their editor in chief. She's also Catholic, although not a uh, RTC, I guess. Okay. Um, but uh, she had the same concerns, and I had the same concerns, and I think that the fact that you and your your readers and listeners have the same concerns are having. We're all coming to the same place, which is that there are there are forces that are at work in this country that are that are conspiring and congealing in, uh, behind our eyes, you know, behind our, our viewing area. Okay. And and they seem to be making a stand. I, and, I, and I'm, you know, drawing some, I may be drawing some conclusions that are not fair, but I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that they're, but I'm not a conspiracy guy. I just look at what the evidence is. And it's, it's overwhelming that we are seeing a movement towards um, kind of, sort of disgusting secular nature, this sort of satanic push that's been going on about abortion as a sort of like a sacrament. It like is an a unholy sacrament, sacrament. To them. yes. It is, and you can see the way they treat it, and it's sacrosanct to them. And so... You know, I've seen soft lines. I've seen um, priests in, in parishes that are uncomfortable making statements about our current president uh, being not a Catholic because the things that he holds are not Catholic positions. And there's a lot of people that are on the soft side of, you know, the secular world and or the mushy side of any Christian faith that are they're either being co opted or they are conspiring um, against. Sort of the the very traditional things that I think Americans understood and and Catholics have understood for thousands of years, so it's it is it is a fair concern that the, that there are people in the church that have been compromised It's very common when people when someone from the FBI comes to speak to you that you they speak
0: to you that's what happens um you know they shouldn't you and your and your your listeners shouldn't I've been interviewed it's, once once because of a phone <laughs> call that I got. They're like, you're well, yeah. that calls threatening the president. I'm like, oh, no, it wasn't. That guy's mildly retarded too. So that's you know, the I- other thing,
1: right? So, <laughs> the, like, so often, um, so often counterterrorism threats that 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 the FBI will, will put on the radar. And, and there's actually an entire book about this. And he's no, um, he's no conservative in any way, shape, or form politically. His name is Trevor Aronson. Um, he's got a TED talk that people can listen to that's about 10 minutes long if they want to go and find that on YouTube. But he wrote a book that's called uh, The Terror Factory. And it talks about the way the FBI actually generates counterterrorism cases and the people that overwhelmingly are picked up in them. And and in the case of jihadis, it's sort of black and brown types. Um, And in the, the case of white supremacy, generally not that that color skin, but it's it's the same type of person. It's people that are either mildly retarded or that are so down and out on their luck that they actually have no ability to accomplish the thing they say. And what they what the FBI will do is basically say, like, here's your worst ideas We'd like to help you with them, obviously through an undercover, and we're going to provide it at the exact amount of money that you have. So you want to buy a suppressed, you know, you know, Glock 19 handgun with a threaded barrel and go kill somebody, and you only have six hundred dollars. Lucky for you, five ninety nine today. You can have this suppressed, you know, Glock handgun. For those who have gone out and bought a brand new Glock handgun, it cost you about six hundred bucks, and a suppressed will cost you close to a thousand plus the tax stamp, and it'll you know it'll take you fourteen months. So these are not real things, and real gun people would know that that's not a thing. But if you don't know anything about it. You don't know anything about C4. You don't know anything about explosive. Well, we're happy to give you an explosives expert, quote unquote, <laughs> who will give you, a, you know, sort of a, a box full of clock parts, kind of like uh, Doc Brown did in uh, Back to the Future. And guess what? It's you're up. You're up, and push the button, and then you're going to get hit with a flashbang and, and go to jail for 20 years. So that is the FBI's move right now. When you talk about things like that, um, you know, someone who basically doesn't have the ability to to do anything, let alone make a real threat against the president, you know. You can't be the hero of your own story if you don't have a villain and the FBI is happy to find a villain. And today, as of this week, we're seeing that there are some kind of rogue factions. And I don't want to say this is everybody in the FBI with the RTC paper. These are only a couple of people. But what it shows is an ideological creep. And I think we saw it last year with the arrest of people like Mark Hout, um, um, you know, the pro-life um, we just talked it, about Mark Halper. Just talked about okay. him this morning. So I'm going to talk to Mark Halper on my podcast Are on you? Monday. Okay. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do a long interview. I'm going to let him tell his real story about like him as a person because I don't care about what the FBI did to him, other than the the injuries it did to his family. We'll probably get into the what it felt like on the back end to be the receiving end of DOJ you know, injustice, but, uh, but I don't think anybody has covered like uh, at least long form. And I've got as long as he wants, because my time is free at this point. I don't get paid for anything. Um, I'm more than happy to sit with him and, and just have a discussion about what kind of a man he is and, you know, why he was out there and why he didn't, uh, you know, throw that guy into the gutter and let him drown in the sewers for going after his child the way that he did. Cause I think that's my move. Uh, I'm a pretty aggressive father and I'm very protective. A lot of people so, would
0: have done what you said you would, you would have done. I've had these discussions with people and they always laugh, but I'm not really
1: that un- I'm I'm kind of serious about it. It's like if you try to go out there and co- convert my child to a radical gender ideology, I don't want you to do that for your sake because I don't want to have to skin somebody and leave them in the desert. And I know that's not what's, uh, you know, I have a very human side of me and that's the very human side of me that would do that. Like I would wish to be better, but I don't think I am. And so if you try to hurt the thing that I am on the earth to do, which is protect my children, right. then I would do that. So anyway, I always joke about that and I, and Mark seemed to show incredible restraint um, so I want to know what kind of man has that kind of restraint and, and how he got there. So that's what I want to talk to him about. But we saw these enforcement actions where they were taking down a Holocaust survivor who was praying you know, against abortion um, and, and a father who was protecting his child in a very rational way that every American 30 years ago and back would, would never have thought twice of and would have thought maybe he didn't do as good a job as he could have because he could have really thrashed that guy and taught him a real lesson so we're, we're at this point where doj is is going after things and they're enforcing things like the face act which you um you know your listeners are going to be familiar with that's uh, usc uh, it's 18 usc 248 but that's the the free access to clinics but the second half of that is that there's free access to houses of worship and they can't be infringed upon and i think many of us saw people like antifa marching through uh you know the catholic mass in, in uh, san francisco and these are not acceptable actions that don't have consequences, but the other side gets a consequence. So uh, people that are praying against abortion. And, and it's, it feels like um, not just one-sided, but it is a, an ideological creep that the Bureau has, has moved along with. And this Intel product kind of just shows one more step down that line, if that makes sense. It's not everywhere, but it's growing and it's accepted by enough people that it's dangerous.
0: But what you said, you said a director or the attorney of that office had to say, okay, yeah, you can publish this.
1: Somebody yeah, had so to sign of off
0: on it. Somebody had to say, yes, you can do this. Someone had did. to assign the, a- if there are assets on the ground that have infiltrated whoever, someone had to assign that a- those assets, correct?
1: Yes. So uh, the way that it, the, the FBI works, there's two sort of parallel structures. That, well, there's really three, but there's a criminal t- uh, division. The criminal division just does criminal activities they go and they enforce them that's what they do the national security side has a counterintelligence and counterterrorism this would have been coming under a counterterrorism banner under the violent extremist tags which were a um a very specific type of non-criminal allegation these are not requiring a federal crime they're just looking for the threat picture which i put in air quotes you know the the threat picture is um as they look out on the landscape what could pop up and uh, that's pre-crime for those people that are familiar with Mo- minority report that you know the tom cruise movie or the philip k dick story that's what we're talking about pre-cogs and um, yeah pre-cogs, pre-cogs and being able to be predictive of what's going to be dangerous we're not very good at that as human beings there are very few excellent prognosticators and there are even fewer prophets that are going to be able to you know that come <laughs> in with uh, with true vision um many of them have other you know skills so we just cannot assume that people in the bureau are doing this you had an intelligence analyst write the product it was generally speaking it's uh you know discussed amongst other intelligence analysts of the same pay grade or similar and then it had to be signed off on by a senior intelligence analyst that's a supervisor a gs14 and then it was reviewed by a gs14 but the top attorney which is the chief division counsel before dissemination as a quote-unquote finished intelligence product and as you notice in the in the wording they're very proud whoever this writer is of it being the first of its kind well there's a reason it's the first of its kind out of bounds. It's not a thing that we do. And it's using unfair sourcing. So that's also really dangerous. But the the, uh the issue is is that can be used to prop up and or help predicate a weekly um worded FBI case. And so when you have (laughs) when you've got a case that doesn't have enough meat on the bone and you're looking for one more stick to throw into the pile to make this thing you know have critical mass then that's what you use. You say, also, you know, this intelligence product from the Richmond field office stated the following things, and you know, based on this thing, we, we'd like to open a full investigation into this individual or a preliminary or an assessment or whatever it may be. Um, but yes, and then once again, obviously there's some sources, some tripwires. These are uh, the idea that you would, there's, there's a couple different ways the FBI recruits sources. Some of them are overt, like liaisons and, uh, and tripwires are overt. And then there's covert, and those uh, are the confidential human sources that you mentioned earlier. Uh, any of those could be the, the case in this, uh, in this field office, but all of them are really concerning. Outside of the sort of the r- very radical um, Muslim mosques, I have not seen this in a Catholic setting. No. Or, I'm sorry, in, in a Christian setting of any kind.
0: You won't. I don't think you no. will. Um, no, I don't think so either. And I would just say, and I don't know, you, you have no experience with what I'm about to say, but I'll, I'll just give you the, uh, the, the boilerplate of it. It seemed to me, in reading the footnote, that what he was talking about, whoever the author of that, that you call it a product, never heard it called yep. that before. I learned something a lot today. Um, whoever authored that product was talking with and had someone had spent time with what we would call set of accounts groups. And there are set of a consciousness. They say there is no pope. There hasn't been one since uh, Pius the twelfth. John the twenty third was a fake. Uh, Paul the sixth. John Paul the second. Benedict. Uh, 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 pope Francis. That to me, when I read, them am going like, okay, I know who the, I know who he is talking to. If he actually right. talked to someone, I can tell you exactly who it is. I even know where they are. No, I'm not. Right. Uh, I'm not uh, contemporaries of them. I don't associate. If you're listening, sure. to the FBI, I'm not. I, I'm not. associates of them. Look, if we're,
1: if we're not on a list at this point, uh, we should all be ashamed of ourselves. Oh. So, it, you know, <laughs> pick your list. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I'm sure I'm on the militia violent extremists list because you see, you know, I've got body armor behind me here. Um, I've got, <laughs> I've got uh, you know, multi-thousand dollar optics on the I, top of I multi-thousand dollar rifles. Because, I, like I said, I believe in uh, the things that I swore an oath to, which was that I was going to protect this country, and that doesn't stop. Um, well, yes, I am sure that you know, you know, some of these people, and you're not associated with them, but you're aware who they are. I know. And... Of him. And, and, and it is what, it, you know, who cares? You're allowed to do that in this country. You're allowed to be a white supremacist, by the way. You You're want. allowed to be a white nationalist. You can be an a hole in this country, and mm-hmm. it is allowed to continue. That is one of the fundamental protected rights that our, our founders sort of enshrined in the document that I've put my hand up and, and sworn my life to multiple times. And there's a reason for that is that we allow bad ideas and we, we you know, disinfect them with sunlight and discussion. We don't hide them and we don't lock them up and we don't do government spying on them because we don't agree with their religious position.
0: Right. And the uh, thing I would say about what this, the, about the, the end of the day of this document, we mm-hmm. Catholics are not Muslims. We do not convert by the sword. Correct. Conversion comes from within, it's the soul telling the intellect. You're an idiot. You're going to hell if you don't convert to the one true holy Catholic and apostolic faith. The four marks of the church, one true holy Catholic apostolic. It's yes. the soul that does the converting and it's always voluntary. There That's is right. no. And when com- people have seen it, like if people have not seen
1: that, and maybe maybe there are plenty I mean, I know there are people in the FBI that don't know what I'm talking about, but like I said, watching somebody do that is, yeah, uh, right. it's re- it's really moving. I mean, it's moving for someone that grew up with it. I didn't have to go and find anything special. I, I just, that was always the, the faith that i was brought up in and, and i didn't go find it and work for it and and look around and and make a conscious decision as an adult which is a very difficult thing i think to do because there's a lot of going back and forth within yourself and and, and all the doubts that come along with i'm going to change my life radically and i've seen it and it's amazing so
0: yeah it's, so it's, it's just a very well my point kyle is if if they're concerned if, if it is a valid concern and i don't think it is uh, it's to me it's a fishing expedition but if their concern is that that these radical extremists REMVs and has, hashtag uh, RCP harder uh, or, or traditional uh, radical traditional yes. Catholic RCC Harders, um, if, if the concern is that, that they're going to that they're going to act like uh, white nationalist Catholic jihadis there's no such thing as a white nationalist Catholic jihadi if he is he's not a Catholic he's a jihadi so, so there's right. a clear I, I, I think that's goes- distinction here
1: yeah that and that goes to the point of what this paper was. Like I say, I, I like to I can read Intel. not everybody reads Intel products and reads Intel speak uh, in the way that somebody who's been around it for a while. not like I said, I'm not an expert. I don't it's not my first language, but it is something that I'm very fluent in. And when you read it, And you look at the way that this paper was structured it's about abortion and it's about the fact that the catholic church um broadly speaking but they found a group that they are going to refer to as a fringe group because it gives them an opportunity to walk in the door you don't go into the door saying that there are 70 million practicing catholics or 70 million catholic adherents of some degree uh, who identify that way in this country and we're going to go and investigate catholics no you go and you say well this is a fringe group of catholics and they could be dangerous because fringe is always dangerous and You know, and they don't believe in abortion rights, and they don't think that the LGBT agenda that is going on in this country is appropriate. And, of course, all Christians basically have that uh, take if they are actually adherents to anything close to a Christian faith. And so this is not a foreign concept, and yet they're going to act like that uh, people who may or may not uh, like what the Pope is doing, gives them grounds to walk in and it doesn't like this is a first amendment protected activity there should be absolutely no infringement um that is not the way this country is done and i'm just talking about from a federal law enforcement perspective right but when you consider that the fbi doesn't consider itself law enforcement first it opens your eyes up a little bit the fbi and uh, and I'm sure your neighbor would be sad to hear this. Considers itself an intelligence agency first. That's probably one of the reasons why he left. And and it is. It is an intelligence agency primarily with a law enforcement capability. That is a very dangerous thing for freedom of any kind. Whether it be uh, you know your freedom to go out and go to the grocery store and choose organic or not organic. That is uh, you know the possibility of infringing on that comes in when you have an <laughs> intelligence organization right, that also right. has powers of arrest. Uh, and they also had the DOJ backing this weird ideology, which is, like I said, the DOJ is 100% sworn to abortion and, you know, so-called gay rights it's and so on. It's supposed
0: to be blind. <laughs> Where's is the blind, blind lady? Where's
1: the blind with, lady? <laughs> she's wearing a rainbow blindfold <laughs> is what's going on. And, that, I mean, if you haven't seen that before with the, with Lady, it's it's like that came from DOJ. Um, the, the Human Resources Department, I tweeted it yesterday, the Human Resources Department at the Hoover Building has rainbow flags up and no american flags in their space
0: that's uh, they
1: are they are um you know ideological adherents. they are not just people who are sworn federal employees trying to uphold the constitution at this point like they're they're activists and so that's really dangerous for anybody who has a relatively traditional view on men and women and who have a relatively traditional view on you know, freedom and, and religion in this country that is, has that is managed to survive 250
0: years. Kyle Serafin is on Twitter, at Kyle Serafin, and he is former, is a recovering FBI agent. unlike like my friend David Simpson, who's a recovering attorney. And, uh, yes. and uh, we're having a conversation about the FBI document that cites the SPLC. Uh, so I want to just give you a nugget So uh, in your writing and in your talking so that you'll know this and you can get it from me, from the source, who got it from the source. The claim against the slaves to the Immaculate Heart is directed almost entirely at the prior. He's my dear friend. His name is Brother Andre. I I talked about Brother Andre. The claim Mm -hmm. of anti-Semitism that the SPLC lodged against him and then the entire organization of beautiful little nuns that pray all day long, sisters that play all day, go out and slop hogs in their habit. Um, The claim of anti-Semitism came from a woman, a deranged woman, who worked for the New Hampshire Union leader as a stringer, Her name is Simca Fisher. Mm -hmm. She fabricated the entire claim of anti-Semitism. The New Hampshire, I think it was the union leader... Published the whole thing and then basically brought the world of crusaders against or uh ralliers against anti Semitism against brother Brother Andre and unfortunately against the center. This mm-hmm. whole thing is based on an entire this is a this is a farsity. It never happened. This is a fallacy. Sure. The the event that she said the rabid anti Semite and she always gives his real name is before he was Brother Andre, you know, his his Christian baptized name. This uh-huh. comes from a personal vendetta of a woman who raised it against this guy anyone that did any cursory investigation into this should know this but so, it wasn't done and that's and that's and look that's the
1: big piece here right so if you if you read the article that i that i had uh, published on and i tried to keep an analytical piece that i didn't i didn't put my personality into that my personality is a lot more flamboyant as you can tell or can tell. maybe a lot more a lot more um, <laughs> sarcastic and dry and I'm, I'm happy to be witty when it when it makes sense but uh when it comes to my writing about something that is an intelligence product i wanted to stay in the lane of intelligence products and just do a analysis of it for people and there's a concept or a uh, an acronym that we use in the intelligence sphere when you're writing documents like this that you are unable to substantiate there's no evidence to substantiate you can get a claim if it's baseless or no longer something that i can find evidence of i usually uh include nfi standing for no further information. And so it'd be like, uh, that guy said he's got a pet unicorn at home, NFI, (laughs) right? So maybe he does, and maybe I've never seen one, and maybe that exists, but I have no evidence of what he said. He just made an unsubstantiated claim to me, and so I can report it because it's interesting, and it either goes to his mental illness, or it goes to the fact that he is an exotic zookeeper, or whatever it is. But I will will say things like NFI at the end of it, in parentheses, Mm. noting that we couldn't, Follow it down. And the the claims of anti-Semitism should have been followed by that. But we didn't have a writer who was doing an honest job. This is a person who had, I think, an ideological bend to this writing. And it was just trying to open a door. And for whatever reason, and, and here's why. Um, when you have an intelligence agency, you have intelligence analysts. Intelligence analysts are not operational people. I'm an operational type guy. I was a paramedic for 10 years. Um, I, you know, So I, I didn't work as a paramedic, but I'm trained as a paramedic. And I have and done thousands of clinical hours on the ground, thousands of hours in an ambulance. And when you do things like that, you put your hands on the source of the information. You gather evidence of this person's struggling to breathe. How do I know? There's wheezing. There's tightness in the chest. There's retractions of the intercostal muscles. Like, Take your pick. And those are evidence that this person is saying a thing that is probably true. So I'm going to provide oxygen. I'm going to possibly provide positive ventilation, so on and so forth. I may have to tube them. So all these things are out there with evidence. When you work in the the intelligence version of it, you're talking about information. And information is gathered by somebody else. And in order to analyze that, generally speaking, these people spend a lot of time in academia. Master's degrees working on a PhD or actually possessing a PhD are fairly common, um, multiple master's degrees for some of the types that, that do this. So they've spent a lot of time in the higher education environment, which is incredibly left-leaning. It's very you know progressive-minded or whatever you want to call it. And when you have leftist type people and they are approved by leftist lawyers who went to leftist law schools, then you get leftist documents and you get a shift in the culture of what used to be a pretty conservative organization, the FBI, and really a nonpartisan organization because leftists have no problem using the wheels of government and the power of government to enforce their positions. That's the nature of what that is in the political world, in the, you know, the very tangible secular world that we all have to, you know, participate in as well. And, and so that is a thing that we have to see. And, and this is one of those examples. And it's probably one of the worst examples because it's just so blatant and ridiculous. And yet, it is an appropriate alarm to sound, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, like I said, it doesn't represent the entire FBI. It represents a small group of people, but a growing faction of people that are more and more happy to inject their personal politics into what should be federal law enforcement, but is actually federal intelligence.
0: Okay, all I have to say to that is NFI. I have no yeah, more NFI, infre- exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. I, I'm, uh, fi- final question for uh, for this round, and I want to thank you for being generous with your time. And it's just something I'm curious about. Uh, you were uh, obviously uh, an agent. You weren't recovering yet under when, uh, when POTUS 45 was president. Um, uh, And there were some things that happened that involved the FBI, and I never had a chance to talk to anyone remotely with your uh, level of knowledge, so I'm just going to ask the question now that I have you here. Mm -hmm. I was very intrigued by because I've been doing this for 31 years. I was on air the day Rob Blagojevich was arrested, Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking that, how in the world did they get Blagojevich? And I, remember, I just remember it never sat right with me. And then when I, then when I learned the story that Mrs. Blagojevich had been you know, visiting him in prison and had written President Obama like 60 times pleading with him, you got bad intel. Your FBI director did not do James Comey did not do his job. My husband was set up, but I think Obama was behind this. You know, when she wrote to President Trump, it took two letters. And the second letter, President Trump said, "Bring, bring her in. I want to hear the whole story from right. from the woman." And he and he's a good judge of, uh, he,
1: Go ahead. Go her, ahead. Her letter was perfect. It had perfect words in it. <laughs> I, everything she said was exactly the way that I would say it. Let's bring it in. Let's
0: yeah. talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he and, and he did to his I think to his credit. And Rob Blagojevich, who was a liberal Democrat. I mean, he was, a, he was a machine Democrat from Illinois. That means he was crooked and corrupt. Um, but, but Blagojevich, uh, I do not believe what he was... I've never believed that he was, uh, did what he was accused of. Um, but when President Trump read those letters from the wife, from Mrs. Blagojevich, and he brought her in and he talked to her, he didn't hesitate. He wrote... He he, he, he pardoned him. He commuted that sentence immediately. And then, then he went, because he knew what was going on at the FBI against him and his family, and he mm-hmm. mentioned Comey. He he mm-hmm. said, Comey, that James Comey, who I think was just a, talk about a slithering snake. So I wonder, Kyle, you were there, uh, what you were allowed to share, anything about what happened to Governor Blagojevich and, and about maybe how... President Trump treated that in other cases where he undid some wrongs that had been done. You said the FBI is not free of sins. That President Trump maybe undid some wrongs.
1: I don't have any great insight into what went on in the uh, Chicago field office and and the uh, the actions that were taken against. So I, I, I just can't speak about things that I've, I'm not okay. uh, right. privy to. The funny thing is, and I think this is a, it's a it's a worthwhile note though. A lot of people look at it. I actually wrote a little piece and I haven't published it anywhere because I don't know who in the heck would read it. But what it what essentially is, is is the FBI is not a monolith, but they're they're totally comfortable with people thinking that it is. I don't know why that is. Um, but imagine the FBI is a, is about 56 different fiefdoms. I did a, a visual when I was trying to draw out for people and uh and everybody has this experience by the way i had this experience my first day you knock on the door and you go hey can i speak to robert smith and uh his wife turns around and goes bob the FBI's here and i'm like i'm not the fbi i'm just one guy i'm kyle <laughs> and um but you represent the fbi as one guy it's right. not like an like an infinite line of like you know dark suits and flashing credentials and not flashing smiles it's um it's uh, individuals that have individual biases and all the things that come along with it. And every field office has its own character and flavor. And in fact, every sub-office of those offices has its own sort of flavor and, and, and character. So it is not monolithic in any way, shape, or form. And uh, that is one of the reasons why I think we're going to see some of these abuses go on is because not everybody knows everything that's going on. There are plenty of people who don't even know the story that uh, Trump did that pardon. I, like I read the news pretty frequently, so I figured we're a national organization. I should know what's going on in this nation. I had people tell me, In uh, April of last year, that they had no idea that there was a Hunter Biden laptop, what it contained, why it might be damning, why it might be a problem for our country or our national security. They just have their heads in the sand trying to do their job and stay out of it. So, so many people have, have so little awareness um, I think that's starting to break open. I had somebody reach me from Chicago, actually, last night and said, uh, you know, I drive an hour to go to a, a, a Latin mass. I go to the, I go to the TLM and, and I spend a lot of time to do it. And, and my, my sons all have combat rosary beads and I'm trying to raise strong men in this world, like getting ready to fight evil. And, you know, and I'm 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 pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm going to be calling the Richmond field office. He's an active he's an agent right now. And he said, I'm going to be calling and hunting down that I.A. And I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And I'm also going to tell the, uh, you know, the lead attorney there and all the other things. And I went, have at it, brother. Like, this is what it takes. We have to rattle these cages. And sometimes it takes a lot of work. He said, thank you for helping people wake up within the Bureau. So if that's what I'm doing and if that's helping, great. Um, There's a lot of woeful ignorance. uh, I think intentional ignorance. And uh, it cannot, we can't afford it. Well, so I, I I'm ignorant of that particular topic, and I'm sorry you had a good setup for it. I just don't have a great uh, answer. I, what I do know is that uh, we've seen, you know, Trump was obviously a man who had, uh, had all the flaws, and he made some really brilliant decisions that that I think moved our country along in a good way. Um, but he's not a role model for my children by any means. No. And uh, I, don't, I don't want any of my kids to take after anything that he was into. Uh, but it, he did say the right things and do the right things um, at some times, and I do think that was God's influence on him because I think he spent plenty of his life Living a very hedonistic existence, and uh, he doesn't seem to go straight from that. But he has, you know, flashes of brilliance, and I think God works through ways that we don't necessarily understand, uh, myself
0: included. Well, the day that Roe was, uh, re- uh, the day that Roe was repealed, uh, prior to that, I had already pronounced him. Uh, you're a Catholic. You'll probably get this. He's the fourth Don John because that's his name, Donald John Trump. There's Don John (laughs) of Austria. There's Don John of Vienna. There's Don John of um, uh, Guadalupe. And now there is Don, or or Don John uh, uh, Lavalette uh, of Malta. Now there's Don John of Manhattan. But now he's Don John. Queens. He's a Queens. Yeah, but he's Don John of Mar-a-Lago now.
1: He is now. But I think he's always Don John of Queens. He's always a Queens guy. Uh, (laughs) Dan Bongino told me the same thing. He said, us Queens guys, you know, we always feel like we're the the least uh, effective of all the boroughs, and we always got to like stand up and fight for our spot. Like, you know, we were never the toughest guy by reputation, so we had to be the toughest guy by physical, you know, or whatever. Okay, here comes but yeah, he's he, Don John of Queens. <laughs>
0: here comes my Larry King lightning round of three questions. Are you ready? All right, send it. All yep. right, question one. Question one. Let's go to San Diego, California. Hello. Yeah, uh, Larry, uh, could you ask the agent of um, uh, is Area Fifty One real? And uh-huh. there, was there really an X Files in the FBI?
1: Uh, If there was an X-Files, I would have been assigned to it. I tried really, really hard to run to the bottom of the Bureau, and uh, I couldn't get to it. Uh, There's a small possibility that I was removed from my job for asking to work alien cases. Uh, My boss wasn't sure if I was serious or not. I wasn't sure either, but I do have a friend who's a big conspiracy theory guy, and so I sat down in my, my boss's office just before I was suspended, and I said, I would like to be assigned to the Dolce Base case. And he goes, I don't know what that is. And I said, that's, the, uh, that's one of the dumbs. And he shakes his head. I said, the deep underground military bases in New Mexico. And he goes, oh. I said, my understanding is there was a conflict between the, um, the Greys and Delta Force back in the 80s. And we might have lost an FBI agent. I'd like to go ask some questions up there and kind of see what's going on. And he says, when you say Greys, are you talking about aliens? <laughs> and I, I blinked at him, and I just said, what do you call them? <laughs> And he goes, he goes as opposed to what? And I go, uh, you know, the blues and some of the others. But, um, you know, the, obviously, yes or no, what do you think? And he goes, I don't know if you're being serious. And I said, I don't know either. And I walked off. And I, I let him just sit there with a puzzled look on his face. So there's a possibility. Uh, Area 51 does seem to be a real place. There are some things that go on there. But what goes on there is uh, definitely not something I'm privy to. So let's let's say probably yes.
0: Dallas, Texas, you're on with Kyle Seraphin. Hello. Uh, yeah, uh, Larry, could you ask your uh, your FBI guy there? Um, does he know of was there ever any confidential informants on episodes of The Simpsons?
1: Worse than that. Worse than that. Um, when I was at the FBI Academy, we were given a unit on uh, what's called TOC, or Transnational Organized Crime. That's going to be your, your, your mobs and things like that. Your, uh, they do it by Western and Eastern Hemisphere. But uh, uh, Talk West unit that I did, which was about La Cosa Nostra, theoretically we could have gone after any one of the great FBI cases into the mob. And instead what we did was an investigation into the cartoon, the Springfield Mafia, of the Simpsons, which is the most embarrassing thing that I've ever done as an adult. I was 35 years old investigating a cartoon at the FBI Academy, as opposed to a real case. Um, that's, that's one of the training things they use. So, highly probable CIs involved in the Simpsons.
0: Queens, New York. You're on with Kyle Serafin. Hello. Uh, yeah, Larry, uh, I just got a question for Kyle because there's no way that this broad that's on The View is that stupid. That is, can he tell us whether or not Whoopi Goldberg is an actual, is, she's got to be CIA, FBI, someone, because there's no way someone can act that dumb. Seraphin, what you confirmed.
1: say? Yeah, <laughs> NFI. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Three are qu- Larry King lightning round with Kyle Saravan. <laughs> I just made that up while I was going along here. It was wonderful. It Kyle, was you're a great guest, man. You have to come back. You have to come back. If st- yeah, you get, got it. Got to stay in touch. And th- It sounds like I'm going to be on Tucker tonight, so uh, we'll reach out to a large what? audience tonight.
1: And <laughs> you guys heard it here first. Um, they just texted me a bunch, and they've been, they're trying to steal me away, and Jesse Waters is trying to make another offer. So it's good to be the prettiest girl in the room. <laughs> At least one day of your life, and uh, I'm the prettiest girl with the ugliest beard, so that's pretty funny too. I think I'm going to leave it just as is because it's about how I feel about the bureau.
0: Uh, uh, congratulations I'm- or or condolences, depending on whose side you're on on all that. Yep, he is. All uh, both. Find him on uh, Twitter at Kyle Serafin. Kyle, thank you very much. God bless you. Mary, keep you and your family and watch your six,
1: bro. We'll do all those things. Yeah, we'll take everybody's prayers, too. Uh, Our family needs it at this point. And, um, yeah, I look forward to continuing to expose this stuff. So thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, i just say one more thing to you, you know, just based on your backdrop there. You should get in touch with David Boranos. He's the producer of the TV show SEAL Team because they just lost a guy in the last episode. (laughs) Mm. And I think you could fill in for that guy. (laughs)
1: I, I went through a lot of the things that SEAL's trained to do um, in a parallel course with the Air Force. The United States Air Force has two special operations groups I see, and I trained I, in both of them.
0: I see you on SEAL team. I really do. It's on Paramount. Look it up. I'm I'm small. But <laughs> but I'm but I'm very the guy they heavy, lost with small. Heavy loads.
1: Yeah, that's that's who usually uh that's who's usually very triumphant in that. like the, the honor grad of my, my indoctrination class was uh you know he's probably hundred and fifty pounds and five foot nine, skinny, wiry. That's how you do it.
0: But he'll kill you. Built <laughs> <Don't, laughs> <bear laughs> like it. an ant. <laughs> okay. All right, Kyle. Thank you very much. God bless you, brother. I, I hope, hope to talk to you soon and good luck on uh, tonight with Tucker. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. guys. All right. No, you're very welcome. Okay, folks. That is uh, that was Kyle Serafin, and uh, a former FBI agent. I'm small, but <laughs> but I'm but I'm very. The guy they lost heavy, was small. Heavy loads.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's who usually uh, that's who's usually very triumphant in that like the the honor grad of my my indoctrination class was uh, you know he was probably 150 pounds and five foot nine
0: skinny wiry that's how you do it but he'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> and built Andy. like an ant <laughs> okay all right Kyle thank you very much God bless your brother I hope to talk to you soon and good luck on uh, tonight with Tucker. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. All right. No, you're very welcome. Okay, folks, that is uh, that was Kyle Serafin and uh, a former FBI agent.